Should you be using video in your podcast? Welcome to Grounded Content Podcast. I'm your host, Marian Abrams. This is the show for you if you're a content creator, a content strategist, or you're a brand or entrepreneur struggling to make effective content. In the interest of continuous improvement, of stretching my skills so that I can share what I learn, I've been co-hosting a show called Content and Podcasting Weekly. It's a live show on YouTube. You can find it if you're interested at podcastingcontent.com. Today, I'm going to share with you an excerpt from an episode with my co-host, Paula Jenkins. We talk about some of the pros and cons of using video in your podcast, what your obligation is to your guest, what your guest's obligation is to you, how valuable it can be as a tool to direct the conversation, and at the same time, how draining it might be for certain guests or certain hosts. What's fun about this conversation for me is that Paula and I don't agree about everything, but we both come from a place of experience in this field. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. This is my craft, creating content. It's what I've been doing for 30 years, but yet I am still learning something new every day. I hope you enjoy this conversation. And if you want to join us live, jump in in the comments and ask us questions. Go to podcastingcontent.com and hit subscribe and you can follow the YouTube channel there. Well, I think this is a pet peeve that you and I have um, because I, I saw a great post. There's a there's a Twitter that I follow that I love. It's Werner Twertzog. And um, oh, I have to find the quote, but basically it was like confidence requires a lack of knowledge. The, you know, I've, he said it in a, in a in a better way, but it was basically like the the you know if you to be truly confident to be like this will definitely work. The only people who say that are the people who don't know all the ways that it cannot work, right? Yes. Be wary. I think that would be the advice. Be wary if somebody says this will definitely work, because anyone who has experienced uh, these things knows that there are things that are more likely to work than others. Yeah. And it's a good blend of sort of tactics and trends that are current and some essentials about great storytelling and understanding your audience. But if you follow the exact formula of somebody else, then you're just going to be almost as good as them. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like that you brought up the tat, sorry, tactics part. I think that that is generally blueprints are about the tactics. And, you know, or maybe a run sheet of all the things that you should do every week or or whatever. But I think that the thing that often becomes very true about a blueprint is that it doesn't usually start at the strategy level. So until you've considered the strategy of your why and Mary, and you always talk about purpose and I love how yeah. you talk about it. But if it doesn't consider that, then just because you're posting every day on Instagram that doesn't mean you're going to get the same traction because let's let's talk about that. What is yeah. what is strategy? How do you define? I, I this is a question people ask a lot. I don't want to get super deep, but what is strategy versus tactics? Such a good question. Well, I think and it it does get a little muddy, so stick with us here. <laughs> but I think strategy is what ladders up to your mission and your purpose. It's the overarching thing that's defining your show, and it's your it's related to your why. So your strategy might be to to grow a community that is passionate about birds. And uh, I mean, that's your purpose. And so your strategy is to reach out to people in the birding community and um, get them excited to support your birdhouse building business. That's your strategy. The, the how then is the tactics. You post daily on Instagram about birds, birdhouses, and you could have a, these individual things can have strategies too. 
I would say you need a different strategy for ever, every social media because they act different. But so then your tactic is five posts a week on Instagram, two posts a week on Twitter. Although if you like birds, maybe Twitter more, right? Uh, just kidding. But but those are the tactics. It's and, and until you can define the why and the, and the how, yeah, your why and your purpose and why you'd want people to join you in this quest for birdhouses around America, you it's going to be harder to reach your audience because they don't know what they're getting behind either. How's the birds? How's them birds? <laughs> so I think, I think, is that how you define it though? How's the birds? Um, so I think about a strategy. Maybe this is, we need a, we need some new graphics. We may need some, how's the birds t-shirts. Um, so I think of strategy as like the framework and so tactics really are so useful. And so, for example, there are things like hashtags or, you know, getting on Clubhouse and all these things that are um, have to do with tools and have to do with um, execution. And what's great is once you have a solid framework or strategy, then you know how all the tactics and the tools plug into that. What is, a pro you know, for example, the strategy, you know, that you've, design, which is about this housing the birds, right? This whole idea. Then you know, okay, should we use hashtags? Yes, hashtags would be appropriate because we already know what our overall strategy is. And yes, um, these are the kinds of hashtags because we've already determined who our audience is and we've determined what they're looking for. And now the tactics fit into that overarching strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the, um, yeah, it's like the framework. Like if you're building a house, right? It's all the, what's the house terminology? I don't know. The framing? Framing yeah. versus, framing. you know, your... Um, Window oh dressings. <laughs> like the the clabbers and the, oh God, I shouldn't have used this analogy. Okay, next week, I will plan to have these words. I, okay. I don't know why they're not coming to me today. Yeah. I mean, we're new to just being live. Right. Diego, if you're still there, thank you for sticking with it. Wide world of golf clap. I tied it back. Did you just see that? You did. I did. So if you haven't been following every single episode, you need to go back <laughs> to our music episode where we went through how you pick music for your show and you will see the reference to the wide yes. world of golf, which was but excellent. The wide world of golf clap. So that's that for now. We love talking about this though, but so I bet we'll talk about it again. Yeah. And by the way, if you have any questions about podcasting, about what you should do instead of a blueprint or about our next topic, which is video versus audio, right. or maybe we don't want to say versus video and audio. What are the pros and cons? What are some of the things to think about? Um, drop them in the comments, either on YouTube or LinkedIn, and we should be able to see them here. Yes. So... This topic came up because I saw a post. I mean, so let's let's enter this in maybe a different way. Video has become more of a mainstream thing that what what used to be podcasting was mostly an audio art, right? Like came literally literally from your iPod. That's where the name comes from. And so it was all audio. You were downloading audio files. And I think we've talked about definitions of this before. Um, but we are seeing the great migration, if you will from audio podcasting to, to podcasting both becoming a term that sometimes incorporates, incorporates, I don't know, incorporates um, video and audio, but we're also seeing people just who have video only and they're calling their show a podcast. Encompasses so, plus incorporates equals encompasses, encompasses. Yes. It's a new Sounds word. A little I really like it. I don't, I'm like going to make a banner for that. Yes. Thank you. 
So the post that I saw was um, just reflecting on this person was like, hey, if you're inviting me to come on your podcast, basically they were saying, I I think they were vocalizing that it's sometimes hard when you're saying it's a podcast and then you show up and it's actually audio and video. And there were, and she, <laughs> thank you. And corpuses, please. Um, and I think what she was reflecting is a very fair sentiment from the guest standpoint, because if I'm being invited to come on to speak on audio, I may not do my hair. I may not even put on a shirt you guys want to see me in or that I should be seen in, <laughs> a.k.a. pajamas. Um and like, I think it brings up a really good point, but it's worth a larger discussion because I also want to put this out there first up. I see the value completely, obviously, in doing video. So first I want to ask if you're watching, uh, if you have a podcast, do you do video? Or if you have a YouTube channel, do you do audio? Do you do a podcast? Yeah, do um, you pull the audio out and yeah, publish yeah. otherwise? So I, I just think... It's not that complicated. In my mind, it's just, um, it's as simple as if you invite someone to be on a podcast, uh, that's audio. If you want to do video, you just invite them to be a podcast and say, we're going to record video. And then they can say, no, thank you. Or they could say, yes, please. Like it just, yeah. it doesn't, I mean, you can't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't not tell someone and then expect them to be ready. Right. Having said that, I think there are some interesting considerations I think that if you are someone, for whatever reason, who feels that you may be judged based on your appearance in a way that you don't want to be, or that your appearance may detract in some way from the content or from your perceived authority on the subject, I can understand that mm -hmm. there are strengths to the audio medium because it gives a little bit less of some of those external markers of personality that could be judged, right? Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I, I mean, 100%. And I, I think this person's point was around, I don't want to show up and, and have you have the expectation that I'm going to perform for you on video because that's a different level of performance. Um and I yeah, will say that like, just don't come on the show. I don't know. I'm well, like no, a little harsh, but I I'm like, that. yeah. But like as an introvert, yeah. um, which a lot of podcasters actually happen to be. Yes. I feel like I have to, I'm, I'm watching you a lot and I'm picking up all the, not that everybody doesn't, but I think for introverts, especially, um, or people that are often asked to do a lot of the emotional labor, people of color, mm. maybe like you mentioned people of marginalized any community that's marginalized, they may feel like I don't want to come on and perform in video. And that wasn't what I thought this was a part of. So I think the whole thing is much simpler than maybe it needs to be. And it's that if you have a show and you're inviting people on, ask them or right. tell exactly. them up front them. that right. this is what your show is. Because um, I definitely have gotten, I use Zencaster. We're not sponsored, but hey, if you want to Zencaster. And by the way, this is on StreamYard. So if you want to, yeah, I know. I mean, StreamYard there too. Um, but like, I have gotten on an interview with someone and had my guest say, "Hey, can we turn off video because I actually think better when I'm not trying to, to track with you on mm. what your what your face is doing." <laughs> 
mean, maybe this is a foreign idea to a lot of people, but I'm taking cues and it wears me out. I, yeah, I really can't yeah. do more than about two Zoom calls a day. I'm done. So I think honoring that for some people uh, is super important because you also you want your guests to show up and give the best interview they can. I think this is so interesting, Paula. I think, um, you know, going back to what you said before, it's your show. You can do whatever you want, but you do need to respect your guest. And so I think that, like, number one, you cannot not tell someone. You need to say, this is my show. This is what's important to me. Um, Would you like to be on? Right. And if they say, um, I'm only comfortable with audio, not video, you say, thank you so much for thinking about it. But on my show, this is important to me or vice versa. Right. And for me, I, I was a guest on a podcast where the host did that. He said, I, I turn off the video because I want my experience as an interviewer to mimic the listener's experience. And I don't want to have any information leak in. That's fine. That is not the way I work. When I'm doing an interview, there is so much physical work I'm doing with my face and body language to engage, to draw out, to direct the mood of the conversation. There's so many signals that I'm giving to either let the guest know maybe they're rambling on and they should slow down like enough already or like encouraging with the silent nod to, to bring them out or just a smile of encouragement to help them feel more comfortable or even like a very serious look to say, let's dig into the emotion more. Like it's very much a physically exhausting element of doing a good interview for me is those nonverbal cues that Uh, I'm able to give without interrupting the person. So for me, even if I don't record the video, I would need the video on to do my best work. This is super interesting because I actually prefer not to have video. I mean, this is fascinating to me. Like, it's a very great insight as far as how how are people processing information and and probably even what is their comfort level with another person? And Mm. I'm getting that you very much need to see them to... You prefer to see them. And I well, they need to I, see me. I'd see, but I would disagree. But I'm saying so as an interviewer, um, I mean, maybe this is as simple as 30 years of learning how to be an interviewer in video, in yeah. person, right? We yeah. didn't have virtual and it wasn't for podcasting. And so the tools that I use, those are the tools that are available to me. And I would not be able to control the conversation in the way that I want to. But you are doing, you're also doing really different kind of conversations. And most of my practice, meaning training, if you will, was on um, mediums where there was not video. Right. But I also, I mean, I'm not doing it now because I'm, I'm managing my face. (laughs) If you will, manage your face very well, Paula. I'm often closing my eyes. I'm looking out there at the tree. I'm like, I'm, I'm letting myself get quiet and that doesn't make good video. And I can't, mm. and that's part of why I'm like, I would rather just have it off if I'm the interviewer. But this is, I mean, this is why. So for me, I'm not talking about the public seeing it. I'm saying it's very important to me that the person I'm talking to sees it. 
That's interesting because I mean, and people listening, I've I've been trained as a life coach and had many, many conversations where there's been no video um, because it's on online and and I don't do this anymore, but where it, we've gone into really deep territory. Yeah. And I've actually never even seen them, meaning like I've never met them. So this is super interesting. This and, is a really I think cool there's such a difference between like I'm thinking about I need to get the content. Right. This isn't yeah. really about what the person is experiencing. This is about I need them to say certain things for the audience. So I'm trying yeah. to direct, I'm directing the person in a way with all these nonverbal cues, as opposed to like I think with life coaching, it really needs to come from oh, them. All, you don't yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you do have I mean, and there's the difference perhaps is that'd be holding space. <laughs> but I right, mean that happens right. in any therapy like you're you're making you're setting the tone so they can share but i also but that's another reason why i'm like i'm looking out at a tree i'm like looking over right right because you're deep when i'm being an interviewer which is straightforward this is a great (laughs) topic this was not where we were gonna go but so interesting and i love it It yeah it gives me a lot more to think about as someone who would be more inclined to say like let's turn off the video because that's what somebody else wants to because you're right the visual cues are things where even you and I like sometimes our cadence is a little bit off but we can kind of see each other and like oh yeah she's still talking like that kind of thing right, is also right. really helpful Paula looks bored stop talking right like I'm like oh god she looks that's bored wrap it up that's Mary I might I don't know I turned into Voldemort what was that that I, yeah see and that would not come across in video no, no one will know. So, uh, I mean, an audio. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grounded Content Podcast. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one to help build a more effective podcast strategy, to help yourself become a better podcast host, the kind of host that you admire, someone who has an exciting, interesting, engaging show, visit madmotion.com. And if you follow me at madmotion on Instagram or on my LinkedIn page, you'll see lots of tips and thoughts that I share there. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.